Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to this Thanksgiving re-release of my episode with Dante Bosco. I know many of you have crossed over either to the JV Club from Braving the Elements or from the JV Club over to Braving the Elements. So in case you hadn't had a chance to listen to Dante's episode yet, this is a fun reason to do a repeat since it's a Thanksgiving holiday. I hope any of you who choose to celebrate Thanksgiving are doing it in a wonderful way with people you care deeply for. And I also wanted to let anybody know who's in the Southern California area that the other reason I'm doing this with the timing as it is, is that Dante and I are going to be doing a live episode of Braving the Elements at San Diego Comic-Con Saturday. So two days after Thanksgiving in San Diego, we will be doing our live episode with audience participation at 12.15. Check out uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Pretty easy to find. I think it's just comic underscore con is the handle for SDCC. And we hope to see some of you there. I also wanted to quickly acknowledge a marvelous, very tear-inducing letter I got from somebody who refused to identify themselves and refused to give a return address. So if you're listening to this and you sent me a letter from the North Carolina area, Please know that I received it, and it was very, very wonderful, and I appreciate it so much. Isn't that fun and mysterious, everyone? That is what happened, and it was a gorgeous letter. All right. Enjoy the holiday, everybody. to the podcast you know that i um don't stand on ceremony i don't have a big intro no it's all so good it's happening yeah it's already happening well people are here. hearing this not right now you know that's just not live no i know it's not live can we go live okay let's go live everybody <laughs> let's shoot it live shoot it i guess you don't we'll just periscope it, it. we'll just turn on the we'll turn on the have camera you been periscoping i've done it like oh, twice but it's hard paul f Tompkins is very on top of periscoping as i experienced when i was just traveling with him and Again, it's another thing that I'm I, like, guys, I barely can keep it together. To I want to do it, but it's so, you know, I love answering questions on Tumblr or Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now what you can say, I'm going to do some of that stuff on, on Periscope, but it's like, you have to be on. Yeah. The second the camera yeah. goes on, you know, and we're actors, we're like, and gotta yeah. dance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, by the way, I got to apologize to you and the listener for this cold that has worn on forever. So you're certainly not being exposed to anything new in Germany. You have a cold? It's not. It's like a very old. Varney. It's old. It's old school. I mean, it's are you sure? Old, I promise. Do you, you wear a Michael Jackson mask? Do you want to wear a Michael Jackson? No, no, mask? I'm good. I'm I really think you're. I've been. I've like have been. This is from like. I rarely two get weeks sick. Ago. I like almost never. It's get just sick. a remaining like. It's just that thing that stays with you. Where it's like, is this allergies or is this a little bit of this cold left? I don't know. Just making your voice sound sexy. It, it, to me, it still sounds nasal. That's Does what I'm it? struggling with. And I just, I just, I just laughed, and it sounded like I smoke cigarettes. So that's what I want to apologize Do you? for. So I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't. I never really did. Did you ever when you were younger? No, just were you to ever be, like, this is cool. To be cool, like when you're having a drink. But you weren't like, yeah, you weren't no, like going out like and buying yourself a pack of cigarettes no. every day. I just like in the, you know, at the bar, at the club, when you're trying to get that cinematic moment uh-huh. like that. Do you still do that sometimes? Sometimes. If I'm like, have a few drinks, I'm like, yeah, give me a cigarette. Then yeah. People are like, why are you smoking? I'm like, because I'm trying to be cool. I, at least you're honest about it. I'm getting my James Dean on right now. Yeah. I would say, I think I've done that, and I'm a huge, like, no one should ever touch cigarettes ever because I do understand they're addictive, but 
Um, I feel like I've done that. Yeah. I think I was really drunk at a wedding. It was the last time this happened. And I was like, you know what? Why don't you give me a cigarette? <laughs> you like that? You go ahead and give me a cigarette. That's not, first of all, not that's, cool. That's not the cool. Opposite. I'm like, no, I think to... I was like, why don't you give me one? Yeah. And I took one drag and, and was like, I'm going to be sick. I should did like the and film noir thing, you know? Yeah. You're having a conversation with somebody. It's like a whiskey or some kind of yeah. old school cocktail. All of the young people who are listening to this, I'm just thinking to myself like, oh no, please don't think that either it's one not of cool. us are saying it's not it's cool. cool. It's really bad for you. It is bad. And also like as a young person, again, it's like that's, you're taking a real chance if you're like, I'll just like, uh, if, maybe if you, I'll end up addicted. If you have maybe an addictive, I won't. Yeah, if you have an addictive personality, and a lot don't of people do are younger, you, you don't know if you have one. So yeah. like, good luck figuring that out the hard way. I realize like I don't. But it's hard because like we do, but, for, but from what you said, it is like, even though certainly like we're working overtime as a, as a culture, I think right. to try to show that it's not cool or to show like all the negative properties of it. But we have this sort of like, huge canon of entertainment of cool characters right. who smoke kind of still working the against about, us I in that way i just think it's it, everything in moderation is okay yeah it's like you have yeah. a drink every once in yeah. a while it's cool if you have a, a sip look every once in a while. you're not supposed to do it 20 times a day right, right. every day like all these things that you're that people are like abusing yeah it's like moderation yeah it's fine you know yeah the Indians probably went onto a field and smoked a cigarette. A little bit out. of tobacco, I know. When yeah. you put it that way, it's it like, seems completely fine. It you seems did it like, like it makes once a month sense. or something. Yeah. If you're walking around with it in your pocket, yeah, you know, smoking. And you know that, like, when you wake up, the first thing you think about is like, when can I smoke? Oh, a then cigarette? you're wilding out. Yeah, you're that's some sad out. business. Exactly. Over a drink, any of that. That's all basking something oh, else. Oh yeah, totally. I said or masking. Food. Probably sound like I said basking. Yeah. That would be my go-to. Or a relationship, guys or, or relationship sometimes. Yeah, People for sure. On it. Absolutely. Did you have stuff like that where you sort of, I mean, I know you don't have an addictive personality, but did you have, did you have that as you were growing up? Anything that you were like, hold up, I think maybe I'm doing this too much. I wonder why. I mean, I like girls. Yeah. <laughs> you were a, a, a lover boy? A little bit. Or, you yeah. know, did my best at times. <laughs> <laughs> my teenage years, you know, my 20-somethings, I'm sure. Yeah. You know. I, I, you know, I lived, in, I lived in LA. Not yeah. a heartbreaker. Just I just liked, you know, I didn't like drugs. I didn't drink them. I rarely drank. Yeah, didn't do any drugs. Yeah, and you weren't like a. I like to go out dancing. And I like girls. Yeah, well, that's easy to understand. It was it was fun. Those things yeah. are fun. Yeah, and then you know, then you do a little bit too. You know, then you're like, oh, I'm kind of being a dick or whatever. You yeah. That do you? That's and that's the relationship stuff is hard too because. Then you're oh, they weren't someone else. They weren't okay. Then the uh, flirty one night stands because then because then you're not. I mean, obviously, if you're drinking a bunch, your behavior is going to be affected. Like anything right, like that, you're, you're going to affect other people. But when it's directly affecting yeah, someone else, it's not like you're part. you know smoking cigarettes and like and you're hurting yourself. You know, yeah. Now you're hurting it's hard else. When, when somebody else is in, involved. It's horrible when you realize somehow someone fell in love and you're like, oh, I'm not in love. Yeah, that stuff sucks. Yeah. Well, because you're not a bad enough person to not give a shit. Right. You know what I mean? Right, you're right, not right. A, just a person who's like heartless where you're just like, not my fault. You know, you're it'll like, come back to bite you. What it comes, did I do something? It comes back to bite you in the ass too. Yeah. Where you sort of, uh, yeah, but I was never thought I'd get kind of got, and then I got, got, once. Oh, I was like, Oh yeah, my God, I'm so in pain right yeah. now. Yeah. Did that change your, so does that help change the behavior when you're yeah. like, oh, I can see it from the other side now? Definitely. And then, you know, I write a lot of poetry, so. I've actually written some poems. There's this one poem I wrote, and it was me kind of having a, a, a an enlightened moment, right? And then I remember going back to this one girl, 
And then she was like, oh, we can't do this anymore. I'm like, why? She's like, because you wrote that poem. Oh. So it was like a big well, wait, lesson. What was the poem about? You have to it was a poem that. about, it's called My Favorite Poems. And it was just about me going through relationships and understanding like, this is not the right way to live. Like, and so basically she was like, oh, you've get, you've exposed yourself. Right. Being someone who could hurt me, I'm not going to take well, it. No, she just you said, or... now you're smarter than that. Like, it's oh, one thing when oh, you're a boy and yeah. you're going around being a dumb boy, right? So so what her argument was, I now know that you were being a dick and I can't no, date you again? Like, I, well, what was... she was through the whole thing. She just now knows that you've learned from your lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, you've learned your lessons. Like, when you, you know, it's, one, it's a weird thing as an artist. It's like... We have all these great adventures and all this kind of stuff, but then sometimes your art teaches you something, sure. right? And then like, oh, now you got to live up to your own art. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. That's a real responsibility. Right. And now you're like, damn, why did I write that poem? <laughs> no, but it, it, really it was, funny. she taught me a lesson. Women have taught me lessons my whole life. Yeah. Well, where's, okay, let me, uh, speaking of your whole life, um, and the, it, what's interesting for me about you is that you, like me, end up doing a lot of events and stuff, and I, and I know you've done a lot of interviews, and so in my mind, uh, when you were coming over, I was like, I don't want to just ask him all the questions he's always been asked, particularly since you were performing at such a young age, right. since I kind of talk about high school era, not altogether, but um, I was like, God, I don't want to just like throw all the same stuff at him so that he's like, oh, here I go again, telling the story about me and my family and like <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. But it, it's also kind of important. But here's some questions. For someone, <laughs> someone who doesn't know, I can't, I was like, how do I skip all this? In the intro, am I going to be like, here's a bio of Dante exactly. so he doesn't have to... You could just go to the website and you just know, catch up I on him. You could just get totally filled in. I could. I could really make people do no, their no, homework. Um, but, I'm not doing that when I listen to podcasts. Definitely not. Yeah. Okay. Neither am I. It's like you do the podcast so you don't have to sit online surfing for exactly. information. Um, but uh, Bay Area, Bay Area kid. The Bay Area, yeah, Pittsburgh, California, which is like, uh, you know, like about 40 minutes outside the city. East Bay. The BART actually goes there now. It's the mm-hmm. last stop on the BART. Yeah, they did it. Yeah. so That out, was not the case when you were... No, there. no, no. But it's like out by like Antioch, Concord area. Yeah. And so me and my brothers were uh, break dancers in the 80s. Yeah. How many brothers and where do you fall There's four age? brothers. There's one sister. I'm third of five. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were this crew called the Street Freaks. And it was like early 80s and we became... You know, it's just weird things. Like we became very popular around the Bay Area, we won a bunch of contests. We started opening up for um, acts that came into town, like Vanity and like Ice Tea, like crazy yeah. stuff, right? Then we danced for like the Oakland A's and the San Francisco 49ers, and we got picked up by the San Francisco Ballet Company, and we were dancing with them. We did the Nutcracker, and my mom did the stats on us one year. We won like 33 breakdancing contests so in a year. Amazing. Then we moved to L.A., because we're like, well, let's go to L.A. to jump sure. into the big pond, sure. or the big ocean. Uh-huh. Um, and I was 10. So all that happened before the age of 10. Oh, my God, yeah. Which is crazy. And I like, go and talk to people like, were you, were, you, were you a prodigy? I was like, yeah. I don't think we were a prodigy. We were just kids that were... Yeah, do you remember? Because you were doing it for so, from, from such a young age, do you remember and have a sense of how... Like, who were your parents that they, that, I mean, like, was it, is it connected to who your parents are and how, it. what their work ethic is or what their belief in you was? Or was it just like a series of like, I don't know, yeah. someone just asked us to blah, blah, blah. And it just sort of built on itself momentum wise. I have no idea. Maybe it's part the neighborhood, you know, we come from a very blue collar neighborhood. And my mom never wanted us to kind of get involved in the street stuff, yeah. the drugs and the gangs and which was all prevalent around 
so she wanted us to, you know, she always kept us in dance classes and karate classes and mm-hmm. piano lessons. What, and, your parents, what were your parents doing for a living? Uh, my mom was just a, she she's a stay-at-home she mother, to, yeah. five kids. She had a lot of responsibility. And my dad was a telephone man. Mm-hmm. So it was just like really basic blue-collar Did they, stuff. Where are they from originally? They're, well, they're, we're Filipino. And part of it's being Filipino, I think. Just mm-hmm. dancing and singing. And that was just kind of part of our upbringing. Um, but they're, you know, they're here like... I don't think they were born in the Philippines, but they came over and they're like so young. They don't even yeah. speak the language or anything like that. So they're yeah. very, they're both kids of World War II veterans. And so it's like this very, you know, military family kind yeah. of thing. How much American culture versus how much did they want to instill in you of any Filipino culture? Uh, it's a lot, very American. Like there's no accents in the, they don't speak the language. So yeah. my grandparents came over. What about like traditions? Anything? I like mean, that? a little bit. I mean, we we knew we're Filipinos. We're part of the Filipino American Association. That's where we started all the arts. There's always talent contests. They would keep on putting us in. Oh, great! The Christmas shows. That's where we kind of cut our teeth, just performing for the Phil M up yeah. there. And uh, but you know the Phil, you know, especially at that time, it's all about immigrants coming to America and just becoming American. Mm-hmm. So my grandparents were just like. You know, my grandfather was an officer in the army, mm-hmm. the last cavalry in the Philippines. And so they're really oh, wow. American. You know, they're like yeah. a wave of immigrants coming to America as servicemen. It was crazy. Yeah. So, but just kind of performing in front, like in the living rooms and the film, you know, I don't know. It was just, we just, I don't even know. My, my, my earliest memory is like just going up and performing. I think my first thing we did, me and my brothers were go grease lightning. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. In front of like the whole neighborhood community, uh, I think I was like four or mm-hmm. five, and there's like bad words in the song. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We didn't even know we're just dancing. yeah. There's some sexy stuff Go being referred sliding. to in that song. <laughs> I know. We listen to it now. I'm like, I can't believe that's well. No, like I did. did that play when I was in seventh grade, and I remember even then it was like as you're sort of because you I grew up watching Greece and loving right. it same and you think about the music and stuff and then as you're like performing it and memorizing lines and your stuff you're like huh so I'm like 11 and right. this is a this is about people losing their virginity and people like how easy is this totally. world can I also have sex with her and will she exactly. not care just so much stuff that you're like maybe I'm not ready to I think her. we watch that film every day people always ask like why did you come an actor and it's like one of the reasons is I mean, John Travolta yeah. in Greece. Yeah. John Travolta in Greece and John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. You know, because we were dancers. Yeah. And I, was, and I would try to explain to people, like, you know, even the young kids today, like, Michael Jackson's older than which is Michael Jackson was, when he came on the scene, it was like a new thing. But before Michael Jackson, John Travolta was the greatest dancer on the planet Earth. Yeah, yeah he I really mean, had that reputation. It was yeah, like, nobody Night Fever is John Travolta. Right. We used to watch this show called, like, uh, Dance Party or, Sol- or Dance Fever. With Danny Terrio because yeah. he was John Travolta's dance teacher. Yeah, there you go. I mean, obviously, like this sort of Fred Astaire, Ginger. Yeah, Roger, I mean, but like in our time of uh, yeah. like the 80s and looking yeah. to the 70s, the 80s, we're like, dude, John Travolta's the man. Yeah. And so my mindset was like, I don't know, later well, on. It's know. interesting, too, though, because I'm trying to think of like, I mean, this is not a, obviously, it's not a history podcast. Certainly, it's not a pop culture history podcast, but I'm interested in like the transition from kind of, the way dancing also is represented in culture and like how, like that's a time in which, you know, like it, not that it's not always cool to be a dancer and to be a straight boy, for example. Right. But like that there's that, that there is a time when it like Fred Astaire and, and, uh, Gene Kelly, like there was a amazing. very, very amazing, amazing. And amazing. part of a certain like crisp, clean right. era of something. And I'm trying to think of like, what bridges the gap between, you know, 70s, like, disco 
that kind of dancing because that was a big deal right. also and like 50s dancing like is there something that like brings in the sort of like no dancing is very cool now like it's very yeah. cool, like edgy and then you get into break dancing which is a whole other right, right. amazing thing and I- i'm so i feel so lucky to have been i mean i don't remember that much because i right. was the early 80s but, and you were in the Bay Area? No, you were in, not, Arizona. in Arizona. You were in Arizona. But for sure, like, there was some serious break. Was there stuff going, going down in Arizona? There was stuff going on. A lot of parachute <laughs> pants. A lot of people carrying around their car. Yeah, parachute pants and some bags. There was definitely breakdancing going on. Like, and, like, in school, on the playground, right. at lunch, people were breakdancing. And I'm glad that I was a part, like, I got to see right, that. And be right. excited about Michael Jackson. Be like, oh, my God, what is this guy doing? Like, right. he's amazing. Um, because I don't know that that exists. I mean, I guess, like... It's coming back to, I mean, I mean, I'm still part of the dancing today, even though, you know, I, I mean, I still, I love dancing. It's so my yeah. first love. I mean, like, I'm not saying that break dancing and all that and like all those different styles aren't still repeated. I'm just, I'm trying to think of like something that was as sensational and like, whoa, as right. that. Yeah. I mean, Mike, I mean? Michael Jackson that's, that's was now. part of the, was part of the transition because he's same lineage as like John Travolta and Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly. Yeah. Goes back to those. I guess days that's for true sure. when you get into like Motown. Yeah, like Motown. I mean, if you look at some of, of Michael Jackson's dancing, he still moves directly from Fred Astaire. Yeah, well, amazing. Fred Astaire was amazing. Oh my god! Which I'm really looking at some of the new guys going. Who's the new? It's that time. Like musicals are back, right? And like right. dancing's back with like America's Best Dance Crew and all in the break right. dancing. It's all coming back, and it's you know I always wish I was talking to have a conversation. I was like, man, I really wish. Justin Timberlake would just do a musical. Yeah, like he's I feel the like dude that's happen, that right? could. He's yeah. the one guy that could really do, like, do American in Paris. Yeah. And he could kill all the dance yeah, scenes. And he can sing. And he can do, like, he's yeah, the one guy that can make it happen. I JT, make it happen. JT, I, you know he listens to this podcast. All right, exactly. 100% sure he listens to this I'm podcast. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. Possibly he does not. So, okay, so that's, so you definitely had, I mean, I've talked to people before, obviously, who've been, um, who were working in show business when they were teenagers. And that's right. just a totally different experience than somebody who's not. I mean, that's totally. just a very surreal. Like, I'm always 10. interested in yeah. the fact that you were around adults as much as you were around as kids. You know what I mean? Right. You wouldn't, you weren't going to, to like a grade school or like a high school in a conventional sense, were you? Or were you? Uh, back and forth. I mean, I spent a lot of time on sets. So I was always in, I was always enrolled in enrolled. our local high schools. What was your, what um, was your, uh, which was like when I got to LA, it's like, you know, with Sriel's little time in the Paramount High, then I ended up graduating from Orange County High School of the Arts. Okay. Which was much more open to like kids acting. Sure. But then I'd spent half the year, you know, in studio school. I yeah. mean, my teachers on the set got me through like geometry and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was it hard to, I mean, it's hard enough as a, as a teenager to feel like geometry and algebra matter. Oh, it's crazy. I, think, I know. Unless you really love math, which by the way, thank God some it, people do. Right, right, and, right. And I'm in awe of that. But if you're doing what you're doing, how much attachment to your quote-unquote education did you feel like you could invest? Yeah, I think, you know, I do have, like, concepts of, like, ah, I probably could have been more dedicated of a student. Because when I was younger, I was, like, in honors classes and all that kind of stuff. And then when you start working a lot, by the time I was, like, a junior and senior in high school, you're like, yeah, am I really going to go to college? Yeah. Or am I just going to go and continue to work? And, I, I mean, I ended up turning down college in in order to just continue to work um and you know there's like pros and cons with all that kind of stuff but uh yeah it's just things kind of get changed up you know what i'm saying where you're like going i mean i remember i was very how much of your how many of your brothers by the way were also working all of them were all of them were working they still all all are actors um so we kind of grew up you know on screen i mean me personally if you watch my career you can see me 
grow up on the screen. Those people yeah. are like, I grew up with you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you did, which is, it was funny, you yeah. know? And thinking about all those days is interesting. People reaching out and kind of like, you know, thinking, thinking about your teenage days, our, our young Hollywood days, as it were, as sure. it were you know? Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Friends, not to just get too into the cheesiness, but when I think about Thanksgiving, and this episode is dropping on Thanksgiving, one of the things I give thanks for is my therapist. Not just for times when I am struggling, but also times when I have life goals and ways to kind of keep myself in check and be accountable. And also, many of us travel during the holidays and have our cars tuned up to prevent bigger issues down the road. If we're going to be traveling, we ideally get annual physical checkups or go to the gym to maintain physical wellness and prevent injury and disease. Going to therapy is like all of those things above, right? Before something goes wrong, it can also just be routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. Now, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It can be more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your BetterHelp therapist in under 48 hours. So why invest in everything else and not your beautiful mind, my wonderfuls? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the JV Club listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash jvclub. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash JV Club. Hi, it's Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun. It's the Thanksgiving season, and I want to take this opportunity to thank you, the members of Maximum Fun. This Max Fun Drive, your generosity and your love of pins helped us raise over $90,000 to help bridge the digital divide. Families without internet access struggle to do things that the rest of us might take for granted, especially during COVID. Going to school, applying for jobs, finding medical care. Your donations help the nonprofit Everyone On. They provide equipment, services, and training to get people online so they can access opportunity. You can find out more about the great work Everyone On does at everyoneon.org. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. Thanks for supporting everyone on. And thanks for being awesome people who want to do good in the world. You've never struck me as somebody who was like out of touch with, you know, I don't think you would do cons and and hang out with people the way you do and be available and accessible in the way that you are to fans if you were just like sort of living in this bubble where you were like, isn't everyone like me? Like you yeah. obviously. And so I'm just wondering. I always feel like very, you know, I've been around, I've been like acting like 30 years now. Right. And, uh, and I love my career and I've been very fortunate, but because I come from a very blue collar background and my whole family's in the industry and, um, and you know, 30 years you go through your ups and downs. Sure. Right? And so I'm like a real, like working Act. I'm like a blue. I feel like I'm a blue collar yeah, working class sense. actor. And that so, makes sense. That's actually a really good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel when I talk to people or people talk to me, it's you know I'm just giving you. You're the like real. this is my trade. This is what I've been doing. Yeah. This, this is, is. It's not. But yeah, I like that because I feel like you. 
I, it's, I'm, I'm sure you know this about me. And it's one of the reasons that we get along so well is that I'm not interested in mystifying. Like I'm interested right. in demystification. Right, of right, right, right. Stuff like this. I don't need to feel like I'm, right. I'm like, I'm untouchable or like I'm, I'm perfect. I've got a perfect life. You'll totally. never have this. Totally, totally. I'm so much more interested in like, dude, don't even, it's just, right. it's just like what you're going through. Oh, it's yeah. just like it, except it's weird because other people know who you are as you're going through it. Right, right. And it's, it's your perspective of it, you know? Absolutely. And it can lead you it's to... what you make of it emotionally, you know, not just like yeah, monetarily or all that kind of stuff. And you have your ups and downs with it. I mean, like I tell, you know, I tell people, I always like the young actors that come to town that are friends of mine or, or family members like, oh, someone's coming to town. Can you talk to them? Or even a kid at a con's like, I really want to do this. And sure. Then, like, Let's go grab coffee and then I'll answer your questions. Like real talk, like yeah. not... Like again, demystifying it, yeah. Because it's it's it is all magical, but at the same token, there's simple things. It's like it's regular stuff. The stuff yeah. that your parents taught you, it's gonna work here yeah. also. You know. Well, it makes and everything you said about the kind of blue collar aspect of it, I appreciate it. it makes sense because of your work ethic and because of all of the sort of different things that you were like. Well, I'm also gonna do this, or you know, well, if I need to get this thing done, I wonder if I should just do it. Right. And I think that's something that is. Um, hard to lasso if you're a person who's sort of coming into it late. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm wondering if like part of it is that you were so, uh, now I'm just psychoanalyzing you. I'm like, I'm not going to let <laughs> you talk. I'm going to tell you what no, I think. No, no, go, 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 go. No, I'm just wondering like, because you have this sort of, I was, I just um, podcast Colin Hanks. Okay. And I had asked him like, well, as part of, like, did you, as part of you leaving college and stuff, like having had this example of somebody who you knew could make it happen, which I never had. I didn't have right. anyone near me where I could go, well, so-and-so did it. So it must be possible. Right. In my world, it was like, no one has done this. So how possible could right. it be for me? What do I, I think how the digital, am I different? I think the digital revolution is kind of really, it's inspired me, but it's inspiring like our generation too, with the new stuff going on because, I, you know, I, I tease with a lot of the, the kid actors that, that we grew up from my generation. It's like you grew up and a lot of people are doing stuff for you, yeah. right? So we have agents, managers, yeah. lawyers, publicists. And for years, 80s, 90s, even the early 2000s, you, couldn't, you can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. I mean, someone comes to you with a script, some young filmmaker, you're not going to – the right. odds are I'm yes. not going to be able to do this. Yes. Or you know, the thought of – I mean, I never filled out my own paperwork. Right. You know, it's like my yeah. mother was filling out paperwork or the agent yeah. gets assigned. So there's so many things for so many years that you, you know, we were like. In a weird way, it's almost like like women in the 1950s whose husbands suddenly leave them and they're like, right. I don't know how to balance a checkbook. It's that That's, same thing. I'm not sure how that got done. Right. And so, then the men would be like, I don't know how to do laundry. I'm not sure how that got done. Totally. So as I've gotten, become an adult in this industry, which still, it's funny to me when I get on sets and they're like. You're the most senior person on the set, uh -huh. like directors, producers, everybody. Like, yeah. oh, you have more experience yeah. than everybody on the crew, <laughs> and so and everyone's calling you Mr. Boss. I'm like, because I'm so used to being the kid on the set, right? Sure. To learning about what you know, like yeah. it kind of you know clicks over and, and going to cons and talking at colleges and um, talking at drama schools. And uh, a few years ago, one of the guys I was speaking somewhere at a drama school here and there, and he was he goes, "Wow, you." He goes, how old are you? And I was like, telling you, I was in my late 30s at the time. And he's like, um, oh, wow, it's happened. I go, what's happened? He goes, you, well, you know what you know. Interesting. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, it comes a time in you know, people's lives, men's lives, where they just know what they know. Not ego, not the experiences that you've had, yeah. all the years, the hours on sets, on stages, and rehearsals, when you're talking to the students, 
you just are telling them what you know. Well, you know what's interesting about that is you know this whole theory, not even a theory, we're like, yeah, I guess it's a theory, but that idea that you have to do something for at least 10,000 hours to be great at it or to be an expert at it. And it's almost like what you just said totally makes sense because it's almost like you become an expert at being you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's like you're an expert at you and whatever that means in terms of how you've lived your life and what skills you've right. attained and all that kind of stuff is it sort of settles into you with a comfort that you're not pushing for, you're not pu- like pulling at anymore right. and trying to stuff deep you're inside you. Like, I want to be stuff. Yeah. You just know it that. just set, it's something there's a settling right. that happens and it is. It's you know what you know. I love that. Yeah, so and you can't it's like when you tell someone like you can't when someone's like, I really want to fall in love. And you're like, I know, but you have to like not want it anymore. And that's when it happens. You can't right. force that. It's like, you can't know. know what you know until you know what you know. I know. I know it's true. You I know? was telling some <laughs> young person, I mean, a, a younger friend of mine, I was like, well, this is the deal. They're like going through a breakup. And I was like, you know, you always think it's the other person, but it's actually you. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I looked through my whole life and everyone who I've ever dated was just me at that time. Interesting. Yeah. So, the, the whole magic is like work on yourself yeah. and then you'll get someone better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that gets a person. It's like, there's nothing to even be mad at that person because that's just a reflection we're all, of you. And we're all on that path. So yeah. it's not like you're you're better than that, but it's like no, better you, for you. You are that. Yeah. You are who you are at that time. Yeah. It's like not that, they're not the problem. Yeah. You're the problem. I mean, it's not even a problem. Did it's you, just your process. When you were younger, did you feel like you were, did you feel like you were, um, picking people who were different that like did you feel do you have an awareness of that you just never thought about it overall no i didn't i was just was attracted to what i was attracted to yeah in the time yeah in the moment you know how were how much um closeness and conversation i mean i feel like i know probably the answer to this but how much closeness and conversation and kind of intimacy in that way did you and your brothers have about like just life stuff and sort of super close i mean we lived in the same bedroom for years. Yeah. I mean, I talk about in a poem, we're blue collar. We were 13 in a house with like my, my family, an extended family, one bathroom. Oh my God. You know, me and my brothers and my cousins, we all lived in the separate garage that we call. It was like, we called it like our address is 13607 Obispo Avenue. And we called it 13607 and a half, which yep. became the name of our band. Nice. And uh, the first name of our band is like different inclination of the band that happened. But then we, you know, there's like five, six guys in the room sleeping on the floor yeah. and we would stay up all night. Even when we moved out, we all lived in the house together into our thirties and literally me, my brothers, my best friends would stay up all night talking about everything. Yeah. Cause that's what it was. You know, that's what it's about. We're all young artists. We're all like actors, musicians, poets, writers. And so, I mean, I'm still incredibly inquisitive. It's like, mm. what's going on? Why? Mm-hmm. Why is this? Why is the world like this? Why is that guy making this? Why is he doing this? You know, who, it's just, we'll stay up and talk to the sunrises. Yeah. And uh, we'll still, to this day, we'll do that if we're like in the same house together or, and we're like up or we're camping or something. It's just, I mean, that's part of it, you know? I love that. And I think that's, that kind of goes to, I mean, I don't know the nature versus nurture of it all because, but I have a lot of curiosity about everything right. also, but I, but I do, it, it's, it's kind of that thing where I was just listening to, uh, a stuff you should know podcast episode, which is a really fun podcast. You probably oh, really no, like that. Yeah. I do. To add I, it too. Cause it's just two dudes who admittedly are not necessarily like, it's not like we know a bunch of stuff. Right. We just do all the research and then we tell you what we learned and I need to know some mistakes, of that stuff. But they're funny and charming. 
and uh, and they were talking about the guy who invented Tupperware. Wow. And as part of the history of it, they're like, you know, and if, well, you know, he also invented like he had all these d- different ideas and all these inventions. And I was like, God. I'm just not an inventor. I mean, I'm an inventor creatively, no. but the idea. But of even you saying kind of that person, Tupperware thing it makes you want to listen to that. It's that great. It's great. Podcast. It's great. It's a really fun podcast. Because I remember my mother having Tupperware parties and like. Yeah, it was a huge thing. Super it's a big huge thing. It's and and they're very like bite sized and fun podcasts. But, um, but yeah, I was like, oh, it's that same thing where Oops. you know you know someone who. Whatever thing they have that's like a thirst or a hunger for a certain thing, where you kind of admire that, and I know people feel that about me and feel that yeah about you, but i also feel that about like when i hear that i'm like wow what would it be like it's not like he decided to be an inventor he was just a person like many inventors right. it was like all inventors who are just like they can't not think of stuff they can't not right, be like right, right. you know what this could be better i think this could be better and yeah. i'm like this could be better i don't know how and we're you know? actors so i think that is part of us being inquisitive we're always playing other characters and trying to get into other people's lives it's like Everyone's interested. I mean, you know, I could talk to my bank teller at my bank for like an hour because I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on? I'm interested too. You know, like how does that work? But then what do you really want to do? And is this balancing? I mean, it's always, everyone is so interesting to me, you know? But you know, some people don't feel that way. Yeah. And some people have a, a, a drive to do other things that again, I can't like, I'm amazed. I'm so interested. Even friends of mine who are, you know, concert level musicians who amazing just i mean it's not they would not say like oh i couldn't help myself but in a weird way they kind of couldn't because they continued to fiercely like rehearse and just totally. want to get better whereas like with me and guitar for example i sort of i see some nice guitars peak. around I, like, the place a peak of what i was able to do and it's fine and it's good and it's like i know you're cool. you're a good musician do people know that I want to hear you. I haven't heard you play. But I don't have, I'm not compelled to pick up the guitar anymore. And I used to be. I used to right. be compelled to like write music and, and I just don't have that. And I don't know if that's something. Do you ever push yourself? Because there's like, I, because we go through ups and, we go through ups and downs with it. Not ups and downs, just like, yeah, there's, there's like a voracious amount of like, I'm like, there's like a lot of music I wrote at a certain time in my life. And yeah. then I'm actually going to perform some, I'm, I'm turning 40 at the end of the summer, which is crazy. And I want to get my band back together to like play all these songs that I wrote when I was a, a teen in my twenties. That's great. Um, and then I rely like you know my poetry venue is really popular. I write a lot of poems, and so I think you have to push yourself sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm I published one book and that's doing really well, so I'm talking to a publisher and I'm gonna do another book. So like setting goals for myself gets yeah. me back to uh, to just doing certain things. And when I start writing, it's not that hard. Right. It's just, it's just the getting to round to it. Yeah, like, giving ourselves deadlines, you know. Yeah. Do you, well, that's, I mean, that's something that you, because you grew up the way you grew up, where it's almost like you said, it's like you kind of have a bunch of bosses because you're, there's a bunch of stuff you're not doing for yourself. But at the same time, right. you never had the experience of like, look, this is my boss. Like, this is the No, right, right. I mean, obviously a producer or a director or that kind right. of stuff, but it's also temporary. Like, you know, you're not, yeah, we're you're not transient. Looking at like, I will be at this company for 25 years. Totally. You know what I mean? This is but my, also, this is my goal with it's growing up and saying uh, you're the boss of yeah. you. Yeah. Like this corporation of, you know, yeah. me or Varney or, you know, it's like, we're the boss and you got to, the boss has to act like the boss. Like these are things that need to get done yeah. by this quarter. I really am not good at that sometimes. I'm so good at it in some ways and then I'm so crappy at it in others. I'm like, why can't I apply this thing to this totally. other medium? Or like, and then I get so that? busy and I, my friends laugh at me because they're like, you're the busiest person with no job 
in the world. I'm like, you're you right. A million jobs. I know we have a million jobs. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, you're going. We don't have like a rig. You know, this. I don't have the blue collar job that my I grew up seeing. You know, my father and my family yeah. members. Like, I, I've never had like that kind of job. Yeah. So I just have this. I don't know. Ethereal, well, ethereal of, job. Yeah, no. But also, like, the, the anxiety that comes with that is because you don't have that consistency. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, crap. I really got to. That's the biggest I thing you talk to young out. actors is, like, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. This lifestyle is not for everyone. Does You're not even mm-hmm. better or you're not even you're not better or worse. No yeah. one's better or worse. It's like either you can deal with the lifestyle of uncertainty. Yeah. Or you or you can't. And if you can't and you know yourself, it's fine. Yeah. But there's this weird uncertainty that you that you live with. It's like I could have worked for the last <laughs> that great this could have been the it. last job i ever yeah, do yeah. i could have just wrapped it last yeah, week yeah that'd have been it thank you yeah. thanks for coming and once you like spiral into that place you could like don't let that make a home in your heart because oh, yeah. then you'll start you or know, you know especially when you're a young actor and you're like just living kind of check to check and you're just like you know that giving like losing that anxiety no oh, yeah. it doesn't really matter that's your job yeah it's that's like, have no fear job just go have yeah. no fear Bull. I know. I get like I'm, I don't get that anxious anymore, and I still get that flutter when I think about that. You know, I know. Oh God, I really hope this. This. I really hope something comes up in the yeah. next few months. You yeah. know. Let me ask you this, I, and I don't mean this in like a I'm trying to stir up shit way at all. But when you, I'm an only child, so I never had to like. Right. I never had any sibling rivalry, right. and I know you guys were really tight. But right. I'm just wondering, are there times like how early on did you sort of have to experience like, you know what? Think I might not be super satisfied with what's happening for me right now, and I might have to see my brother or them see you totally. having like all the time. And downs. It's like fuck, I'm jealous of that, but I don't want to be jealous. I just want to be proud. We, we no one likes feeling jealous. Yeah, we studied together. We were band together. We were break dancing group together. Then we studied together. Then you know, Hollywood's a town of types, and you know all this casting world, right? So they're up for most of the parts that I, you know, that I got, and I was up for parts that they got. Yeah. Like I was looking through some albums and like, you know, I, don't, I worked the most out of my brothers, and so I mean, there's we have our own issues that go with that. You yeah, know? I mean, I'm yeah, like I said, I'm not. No, it's to be not. Like, it's not bad. But I think that that's. But like, we've been through. We've had the conversations, and we've. I mean, one of my brothers was up for Rufio. Yeah. Against me, you know, and then you see when your brothers get a big role and yeah. things happen, but we're there at the rap parties together on set visiting each other on set yeah um well to push past that is like a really great thing and it it deserves a lot of praise i think i mean i think pushing past that because that is a feeling that is universal has nothing to do with show business we all experience those feelings of envy whether you know you're pissed because someone got the raise that you wanted at work and you feel like what does that say about my worth or you know am i going to be able to be cool about this granted this person also deserved it but like i really wanted it all those questions that we have to wrestle with that take up so much time and energy like how to be zen about that but also not beat yourself up for the naturalness of the shine yeah initially the shine is the shine like the whole Hollywood shine thing, you know, but we, the great thing is cause we worked, we, we studied together and we worked together. We saw each other do the most amazing work and you understand like the craft of acting and who you are as a person acting doesn't always, you know, coincide with whatever fame you make it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and you're no better, no worse for, for this or that. I, you know, we had a conversation with all my four brothers here. They definitely probably not regard me as the best actor. Maybe there's certain, but we all know what we do differently. Right, right. You know, and we've seen each other do the most amazing, amazing work. 
so we were able to somehow i think disconnect the idea of what hollywood you know success in hollywood would with how good of an actor you are or mm-hmm. how good of you know it's not your worth right and that's you know it's great to have family and friends where we can know each other's worth outside of mm. your uh, huge. your Hollywood worth. Huge. You know, which your Hollywood huge. worth goes ups and downs like yeah, the stock yeah. market. Yeah. And that doesn't that's not really who you are, yeah. you know? And it's a weird you know, it's a thing. Like I have I have a I have a really great connection with a little bunch of the millennial kids, like the YouTube kids, like really popular YouTube kids and seeing the ups and downs of them and, and even the the fans that talk to me online about it's just a different world, right, with like the likes and all this bad talking online and, and I become very engaged with, with the online fan base. And what you, what I really try to convey to these kids are like really feeling bad when something comes bad at them. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not as bad as anyone will ever yeah. say you are. Yeah. But the reality is you're not as good as anyone says you are either. Great. So you can't put any great. stock. It's great and true. If you're getting that upset about someone saying something bad on you online, it's because you're putting too much stock in all those likes. That's a great point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just are who you are. Yeah. And uh and we learn that as actors young because you can't read your bad reviews. You can't you can't you can't someone gives you a good review like, oh well I I'm that great. You you are who you are. You're doing you just Absolutely. do your thing. And you know, for people who have who are very creative who feel that maybe they're not quote unquote pursuing their dream or they feel like, you know, we live, we do live in a culture of like the the Hollywood shine, right? Where it's like, those people are really doing it. Right. And I'm, I'm working, you know, as a teacher and, uh, you know, and I never moved to Los Angeles and I teach theater, I teach English or whatever. And, um, and they're really doing that teaching is a bad example because I think you really are. Yeah, no, your teaching, teaching is a reflection of who you are as a person yeah, too. Totally. But if you're doing a job where you don't necessarily, you know, you, how many friends do I have that are like, well, this is what I do, but like, it's not me. Right. And, and there's a real, um, shine and envy to the idea of like, Oh my God, I can't, you're so, you know how lucky you are. They get to do what you love for right, a living. Right. hundred percent true. Absolutely true. What's the flip side of that? The flip side of that is you can't, it is so much harder to detach from your work right. than it is when you're like, yeah, you know what? I kind of blew off that report because like, totally. you know, to be honest with you, I was writing a song and I'm a, and I'm a songwriter and I blew off that report at work because my job isn't who I am. Yeah, my songwriting is totally. it's like, well, guess what? What if you went and did that and then your songwriting is who you are and then everyone hates your song? Exactly. How, how do you separate that slice down that knife of like, but this is my blood. This is who I am. It's like, you better learn how to slice it off again. Just like it's that report you didn't care totally. about or you're going to put way too much stock in like, Oh, then I must Someone liking it. Yeah. yeah. Or it's, oh, yeah, it's that game about not wanting to be liked too much. Yeah. But, you know, doing something that you hope people will like. Did you feel as a teenager, because you were in the public eye, that you were meeting girls that liked you for what they thought you might be, or they liked you because they recognized you? Or were any, oh, yeah, that you allow that to happen? Or did you pursue girls who yeah, were like, I don't, I don't date a lot. I've never dated a lot of fans. I have in my past. You know, I remember being, I specifically remember being a kid in this one. She was older than me too. It was crazy. Like 10 years older than me. She was like in her 20s, something. Uh uh And I remember actually going, like, I'm at this party and a lot of stuff is going down. And um, I had to excuse myself from the moment. And I went to the bathroom, like, washed my face. (laughs) And I literally looked in the mirror. I was like, who are you to say no? (laughs) Which is funny because you're a kid and you're like 15, 16, but you're having. You know, you're asking questions of yourself. Sure. I mean, I didn't say no. 
right? <laughs> Let's be clear about that. Let's be clear about that. But at the ah. same token, you realize, wow, this is a different, you know, I'm conscious that this is strange. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is. Well, see, and that's what I think that checking in with yourself and having those moments and it's not a coincidence that you do write poetry and that you are exploring that. Yeah. You were sitting up with the, with those guys, you know, with your brothers and with your friends talking about that stuff is that that's very different than sort of just like not being a curious, you got a key questioning. Like, well, I guess this is just how it is. I'm yeah, like, we're always questioning what you're doing. You know, yeah. you, you always. I mean, I'm always like, why am I doing this? Is this good, bad? You, you always got to question yourself. But growing up, kind of with that public eye and that little thing, and the other kids you're partying with at that time, all these young guys running around Hollywood. Yeah, it. You know, it's a special time in your life. But I knew it was special. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I wasn't taking it for granted. I, I was at that time. I was living in Paramount, which is. Um, you know, right next to Compton, so it's a very another blue collar neighborhood in LA, gangs, violence, and that's what we were growing up in. That's where we lived. Right. In this house, thirteen in a house, one bathroom, yeah. right? That house. And then we would come to the city, I'm fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, party in LA, right? In the likes of, you know, like young Leo DiCaprio and yeah. Toby Maguire and yeah. uh Jonathan Brandis and I mean our the scene that we ran in, right? We're all kids. We're all kid actors. Yeah. You know, and uh, you just, I just knew because I came from where I, because I'm not even that I come from where I came from. I'm going back to where I'm going right. from after the end of the night. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you just knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, we'd hang out. Talk like, about seeing both sides, if you will. Yeah. Like, I mean, to really just literally be living in two different worlds. Totally. Yeah. So that was my, my, my teenage years. And then, uh, and we, and I, you know, I had a good time. We had a good time. But I, the other great thing is I always had my brothers. So I didn't always, I never had to feel like I had to fit into anyone's scene. Like I could visit scenes, even our high school scene, Hollywood scene. But because I always had my brothers with me, you know, like all oh, the Boscos are here. That's like, I didn't, we didn't, we didn't have any too much peer pressure to kind of like fit in or have to do drugs or. That's such a good point. We just want to go somewhere and go dance and yeah. talk to girls. How much of, uh, were, did you have feelings of like, oh, I'm. I'm I'm pursuing acting so much now and and maybe I should be pursuing this more. I should be dancing more. I should be writing more. Yeah, we like, you know, we got we got really into studying acting. I mean, I studied conservatory acting for 20 years. I didn't go to college, literally, you know, university. I passed it up, but I studied for 20 years straight, which my friends that studied, you know, in college were like, "How? That's like four masters like what right. And you don't think about it because you're, you're working in films, you're going out, you're doing plays, you're producing showcases, you're, you know, you're, you're doing a conservatory thing, voice, movement, dance, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but we got so, myself and my family kind of got so deep into the studying of the craft in that world. And, and I, we had beautiful times. We created an amazing, all kinds of amazing art. But then, you know, there comes a time in your life where you go, yeah, there's, the acting life is a really big part of my life. But even if it's half of my life, which is a big part of your life, you know, there's another half of life that you have to start to help to cultivate. There's much mm-hmm. time and energy you're putting in your craft. Mm. You know, there's relationships, there's your family, there's your eventual mate. There's, you know, there's yeah. just other parts of your personality. Like, uh, that, you know, you, you awaken to go, I'm really laser focused on this, but the same token, I kind of want to be a, 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 a person. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't want my life and my worth to kind of just be just the work. Yeah. You know? Well, I wonder if that's, I mean, I don't know that I've 
unfortunately I lack that laser focus, but I do feel like it's only kind of recently. And I don't know if that means the last couple of years, probably the last couple of years where something happened where the work I was lucky enough to be included in, I mean, as well as the podcast, right. which is like my baby, you know, yeah. the sort of thing that I'm happy to leave behind, but things like Cora, you know, being a part of that avatar universe as you were, uh, not that I created them, but to be attached to even something that special and, um, and some other stuff I've done that just like something, whereas I think you've always had authentic work that you were leaving behind. I only recently kind of had this feeling of like, you know right. What? If I got run over by a car tomorrow, I was here. There's was there's here. marks of me being and here. I'm good with what's left. Like I'm right. there was a there would have been a point where I would have been like, "But wait, no, I have so much to say yeah. that I didn't say." And now I feel like whatever else happens, I've been a part of stuff that I feel great about right. existing. I think we do. I think we do have that, you know. We're we're fortunate to have that luxury to have that and a lot of my actor friends that have been around a long time that don't have that go well you you know you have all these other things that you've done you know um that are that have whatever cachet in the world or whatever but uh and i think that's important but you know i mean your festival work there's certain things that we've done that are so impactful that the waves that you don't even realize the waves yeah. that they're making and then the other well, thing that's, that's because it really isn't just all about you yeah it's like, not all about you this talent and this totally somehow had totally this person getting what they deserved or wanted in a great right way or something like that and we need to create i mean the the goal of the artist really that a lot of young i want to emphasize with young artists is you got to create product product is what is lasting you know what i'm saying just to be the best person in your acting class or be walking around saying you're this actor is not really going to help be helpful what's helpful is look is creating actual product whatever that means to you as a actor comic painter whatever you like do what you do right whatever you do mostly is what you actually are so do that but then at the same token realize what i'm trying to realize is like our best piece of art should be our life I mean, when it's all said, I mean, I just recently yeah. went to see my, my grandmother passed away last week. She's 92 and she lived this great life. And, you know, there's like 60, you know, people, kids, she has like seven kids and 20 some grandkids and 20 something other great grandkids and great, great grandchildren. And you're going, yeah, I mean, in the end, like the, the life that we live should be our greatest piece of art. Yeah. And if we also keep that in focus, then we'll be all right. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Do you sometimes wonder whatever happened to the kids at your school who really loved Star Trek? You might remember a kid like me, the one who read the Star Trek novels and built starship models. I also took music classes to avoid taking gym classes that required showering after, but I don't see what that really has to do with- Or a kid like me. I introduced myself to kids at my summer camp one year as Wesley, but when the school year started and some of those kids were in my new class, I actually had to explain to my friends that I had tried to take on the identity of my favorite Star Trek character. The shame haunts me to this day. I'm sure some of those Star Trek fans from your childhood grew up to have interesting and productive lives, but we ended up being podcasters. On The Greatest Discovery, you'll hear what happens to two lifelong Star Trek fans who didn't grow up to be great people, but just grew up to be people who love jokes as much as they love Trek. Season 4 of Star Trek Discovery is here, so listen to our new episodes every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I could do this forever, but I think that that it that's such a great um, way to start off this mash game. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then we can like we have a little time, so we can let it breathe a little bit. Sometimes we feel like I'm rushing through them, but um, I feel like you'll have a lot of really fun answers. No pressure. No pressure. Um, in this piece of art that you're leaving. Yes, the yes, mash yes. Game. Uh, I love this game. I mean, I do too. We always did it with you know when the when the cute girls came around and oh, played yeah. this game with you. It oh, was yeah. always you know you're like I don't want to do this, and then you go and do it. <laughs> Well, you know, this is going to be some categories that I think will be uh, well-tailored to you. So I'm going to start out with um, three uh, dancers slash artists in some way that are performers that you may not get the chance to, or more importantly, if they've already passed, like people that you won't in this world get a chance to work with that you wish that you could have done something with. I mean... You know, I guess we gotta go with John Travolta. We gotta go with John Travolta because we yeah, mentioned him earlier. Um, I mean, acting wise, you know, Al Pacino. Great, gotta go with Patch. Um, yeah, I love it. A performer, dancing performer, anyone? Yeah, like you, if you wanted to be in a Michael Jackson video, you know, alongside. I did work for with Michael Jackson. His, I did. Oh, well, there you go. We did when we were kids the Baby Bad video. I did the better. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. I see that. Had a weird, had a weird yeah. career. I know. I couldn't. I had no idea that you actually had because when we were talking about him, you didn't. Yeah, dance for years and didn't say. And then I worked with Michael Jackson. Yeah, we worked with Michael Jackson when I was a kid. Okay. So let's also say acting, dancing. Still, woman. Let's say a woman. What about a woman? Absolutely. Um. You know, you know. I guess Meryl Streep. I've been thinking about her a lot lately. She's just she's one of the legends. I think you want to work with legends. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, sure. Yeah, don't waste that category. You just put three legends yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah, perfect. Legends, fantastic. Um, okay, next one. Let's go vacation home. Three places in the world uh, that you would like to have a vacation home. Uh, I mean, Hawaii first and foremost. I mean, I work there a lot, but I, I love Hawaii. Great. Um, Budapest. I was just there recently, and that is on the list for me. Dude, Budapest is amazing. Yeah, and um, vacation home. Should we do something exotic? Sure. Let's do. Uh, let's do. What's the sexiest place we can think of? <laughs> sexy. A sexy place. Let's just do uh, uh, Dubai. Well, there. I mean, I have no idea. I've never been there, but I just think that'd be kind of. Listen, you're we, you have too much of everything you could ever want. I think right. here in Dubai. So exactly, we're well. doing we're doing go Dubai. Go we're doing we're go doing big. well. Go big or go home. Uh, okay, great. Um, next one is going to be uh, let's go superpowers. Let's go three superpowers. Well, you know, we got to go with firebending. Great. Firebenders out there, we need to go with firebending. Shout out to the firebenders. Shout out to the firebenders. Uh, I would also like to have probably super speed yeah me too i like super speeds good um and then uh i think the idea of being able to read people's thoughts yeah that'd be dangerous that's 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 almost too dangerous but you know i'm gonna let you take that risk yeah i'm gonna take that risk so with great power becomes great Great responsibility responsibility. to yourself as much as anything else it's like what am i gonna allow what isn't my business because i really don't benefit from knowing it even if i think i do right what would you do with that what what about people's thoughts on you i mean we have so many biggest but we we have so many thoughts i want to know we have so many thoughts in our mind that they're fleeting and there's like eight thoughts happening right like it's not even truth yeah like no, we don't always right. think you're we don't even speak in, right. we don't speak we don't think in truths you're absolutely we're right. just thinking 
whatever. You're right. It's so we'd all go to jail. Material. Yeah, you're totally right. Jail for thoughts. You're totally right. That's Ooh, weird. ESP. I wonder if we're gonna get it. That's a dangerous one. It's very dangerous. That's Pandora's box right there. It, it absolutely is. Now listen. Uh, all due respect to your beautiful, beautiful mate. Yes. Uh, this is Mash, so I am going to need to ask you for three uh, ladies. This is an alternate universe. It could be their partner. It could be some sexy times. Oh, yeah, let's see. Let's get our... There. From any era. From any... It could be I like know. young well, who's, lover. You know, okay. All-time favorite. Young Elizabeth Taylor. Great. We'll take that. We'll go all... With three? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go off the top of the dome. That's, that's what this game is. Jessica Alba. Great. Alba. Got and it. then someone... Not to be this person because I'm sorry that I don't know the answer to this, but what's she up to? Who? Jessica Alba. I don't know why she just came into my mind. No, but I mean, like I have, I feel like I haven't seen her very, very much. I don't know. She's the mother or something. I'm not sure. I think she just came to my mind because I was going to go do yoga at a place, and someone's like, "Well, Jessica Alba goes there." I was like, "Then I'm definitely doing (laughs) yoga there." That's Ah, that just happened a day or two ago. Yeah. Uh, And then let's go with, you know, I've been digging lately is uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, she's so adorable. And she has something. There's something about terrific. her. Yeah. Right? I got it. I mean, in the same way that people were like, Julie Roberts has it or whatever. You're just like, how can you be so beautiful and so talented and still be really likable and somehow seem like, like I'm not threatened by you. And I mean, I in the sort yeah, of general yeah, yeah. American and worldwide sense. There's just something very likable about her. She's very likable. It's like some girl that, she seems like that girl that be like lives in your neighborhood. Yeah. I like, think they have a term for that. I know. Go next door. That's right. They're <laughs> like, let's go over That's there. Right. You know, maybe she's at the maybe she's at the Seven Eleven. Let's go yeah. over there. Yeah, she might be. Is she, she might be. She's Canadian. Uh, okay, next one is. I'm going with okay. Not it's not superpowers. It's more like everyday practical skills. Three right. skills that you wake up with that you know how to do perfectly from fix a car. Great, dude. I wish I could fix a car. Me too. <sighs> My motorcycle. I mean, I ride motorcycles and stuff. I. I I you want to be the guy. I've like, been at the side of the road. I, ride yeah. it, I can put it. Right. I can take it all the way apart and put it all the way back. I've together. been on the side of the road like I'm an idiot. Yeah. With this cool bike, and now I <laughs> now so I just look like it. that guy on the side <laughs> of the road that is looking at the bike has no Yo, idea. I got this. I don't got this. I don't got this. Where's my AAA? Also, I would like to. What can I do? And what can I not do? Um. You know, sometimes I feel like practical. What, what is this again? Yeah, like practical. Like if you wish you could speak a language. Or you oh could, yeah, or you wish you I could. wish I could speak multi-language. Multi-languages. Yeah. I'm very envious of that. Me too. And then I also, I mean, part of my thing about an artist is like to be able a well-rounded artist, and it's mm. still my life goal to be a well-rounded artist is to have mastery over an instrument. Yeah, and speak another language. Okay, apart from your main craft, which right. would be acting. Or do you want to make so mastery of an instrument? Could yes. Be one? Do you prefer what particular one? I mean, I grew up playing piano, but I play a lot of guitar these days. Ooh, toss up. I'm gonna go with guitar. Great, 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 great. Yeah, don't you? You know, the idea of being like a, a world class artist. You oh can yeah. Speak another language, oh, if yeah. not two. Absolutely. And then you can just grab the guitar, sit at the piano, and just yeah. Here's a, you know, you know, do you know this song? Yeah. Every, gather around everybody let's gather around sing, have and then let's do it in another language that's great that's great um okay let's do uh three three movies that you can jump into and live in whenever you want like the movie itself is real you're the not, movie you're itself not in it. is real would be um let's see i don't know let me think what's oh, a fascinating world i mean 
it'd have to be like what? I'm thinking of movies that I don't like. Oh, I don't want to be in that world. <laughs> I know, I know. There's so you, many movies. You think like, it's oh, movie? That's really. Yeah, I love that uh, movie. I'm like, ah, uh, no, I don't want to be in yeah. that world. I'd like to be in like some fun, fantastic, like other world. Yeah, that's... I think I feel like I return to when I do this with both books and movies. It's amazing how fast my brain goes back to like being a kid in some right. way. Like, oh, this I mean, Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'd be in the Game of Thrones world, but I'd have to... You're safe. You're not going to get chomped. No, I'd have uh, to be like one of the royalty people chasing the throne. I don't want to be... no one's safe, by the way. No one's safe, but I kind of want to be in the Game of Thrones world, even though I might die. Yeah, great. Damn. There's that risk. I can go date Khaleesi, uh, the Khaleesi girl. There you go. I got to catch up on the show. I'm like behind an episode. Also, uh, some... I mean, Star Wars. Let's do it. 100% Star Wars. in there. Love it. I just put Stars Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what things are called. Um, and then, um, you know, what else? What else? Uh, what else was I really... What about like a cartoon world? You go in the Avatar world? I mean, Avatar world, for Let's sure. Let's get in there. Let's get in there. Fantastic. Yeah, that was a thing neither one of us were thinking about. That's a total no-brainer. Um, all right, this is something that... Uh, I know you already talked about moderation, so this is the opposite of that, which is this is a world in which there is something, three things that you really can't, you need to have in moderation in this life, but in this alternate reality, you can have it infinity and there's nothing bad about it for you. I mean, women. Amazing. (laughs) I mean, what else is there? Women. Uh... What else is bad for you that in, indulgence? Well, I mean, like, are there like for me? I mean, I sometimes I just do this as straight up food because, yeah. like, as a as a woman you living like in a culture, I, mean, I like it's food frowned upon. But I don't like just evil. We'll do food though. I like food. What but, kind of food? Like, what's something that you're like, dude? I can't. Just, just I mean, I'm a sweet. I'm a big fries. sweet like tooth. Sweets. I'm like a what's big. What do you like? Chocolate, ice cream, cake. Like anything you got sweets, I'm like usually. Sweets. But I Done. do. I share desserts with people at the end of dinner. I'm like, let's just order three on the yeah. table. We can all pick them. <laughs> They'll get eaten, right, guys? Yeah. Uh, okay, great. And then last one would be um, just an indulgence of yeah, like motorcycles. Great. There you go. That's great. You know, just have tons of motorcycles. That's great. Shouldn't even be right. I mean, sometimes you get you're going. This is dangerous. Yeah, I you know. know. I'm is. on the freeway, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I mean, does Again, anybody I feel like I don't know how many people who do it are having that thought. I feel like. No, you don't have the thought, but yeah. every now and then something happens where you but almost it's good die. You yeah, you almost die. It keeps you on your toes. Like someone cuts you off yeah. or you hit like a pothole and you're like, oh, oh my God, I could have died right yeah. now. Like yeah. I could have been dead. Yeah. And then I would have thought to myself, why did I do this today? Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's a cowboy thing or something. It's like this very feeling of like well maybe there's some part of you that that's an a, re- a renewal of your understanding of the fleetingness of things that like yeah. propels you forward to keep working or to keep doing this or to keep explaining to people like telling people you love that you love them all that kind of stuff I like i'm that. not saying that i would advise it but no no i understand i, like I mean i'm on my you way. have a motorcycle on your I, uh, on your no that's a tron uh, light cycle yeah it's still Very a different. motorcycle you crash wrong. into the video game wrong. or something into a, into a bit into a wall yeah. of data those guys died no you're right they did oh, poor ram listen all right final uh category oh that's a good that's a good one final category is uh fictitious character um movie tv whatever that you wish was real on your best friend um harry potter love it would be i'd be cool with harry great um who else would i like to be hanging out with there's like some i'm thinking like it's got to be 
I mean, I guess if you want to look at some of these, I mean, is there someone from Star Wars that you're like, why couldn't I chill with Han Solo all the time? I know. I mean, I actually work with Mark Hamill a bunch of times. That's right. And I that's love right. Mark. Yeah. And hanging out with him. Do you is, wish Luke Skywalker were real? I mean, Han is, when you're, the thing about it, when you're a kid, you think Luke is super cool. And then yeah. when you grow up, you're like, dude, Han's a man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, any of those, you know, like those Harrison Ford characters, mm-hmm. like Han Solo and we Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. We throw him on there. Yeah, put Indiana Wars Jones because if you you'd want to hang out with that dude, that's the guy. Yeah. Or she's a friend. Let's see. It's got to be a cool girl too. Like I'm yeah, thinking of the books girl. that I've read recently. Or there's so many great girl characters out now. You yeah. know. Um. Oh, you know what's her name? I mean, I, she was pretty cool in the book. The girl from uh, Dragon Tattoo. What's oh yeah, name? yeah. Uh, why am I forgetting now? <sighs> it's because you only. I read all the books. I don't yeah, know. I know. Oh no, what is her name? She's super smart too. Dragon Tattoo. Dragon Tattoo Chick. How embarrassing. I always hate that. I do less of that than I think other podcasts do, but I'm, I apologize to all of you who are like, I can't believe you forgot her name. Her name's blah, blah, blah. What's her name? I don't know. I could look it up. Damn it. I'll we look could, it up during the break. Yeah. Um, okay, tell me when to stop. Stop. Ooh, you doing the circle one? Sharp but sweet. You doing the circle I one? I did a squiggle. Oh, the squiggle. You'll you laugh counting? when you see what this shape looks like. It's very strange indeed. All right, I'm going to pause this. Okay. I will look to see what that girl's awesome. name is. Okay. You look it up while I do I'll look it up, yeah. Uh, and we'll come back. I want to reassure you guys it will seem as if no time has passed. Uh, okay, thank you for looking that up. Her name is Lizbeth. Lizbeth Salander. While everything in me is like, of course it is, I also feel like mm, I'm okay with having forgotten that. Yeah, yeah. It's not like her... It's not like The name so, wasn't a classic name, like Katniss about, or something. Yeah, exactly. But, she, but the exactly. image of her in my mind is yeah, like... Burned in there. Super strong. Agreed. All right, are you ready for this? Yes. Um, I got to break the bad news first. What? Which is that you ended up with a shack. Mansion apartment. I'm in the shack? Place, my friend. But listen, the shack's in Budapest. That's not bad. That's not and a bad place. Day, still in I got a shack, though. <laughs> I wanted to get the bad news out of the way. Oh, okay. Right now. I love but that it, you play this enough to know that like everyone's super bummed when they get the shack. <sighs> the worst one. But you know, a shack in Budapest could be cool also like you know what if you're in some big mansion in budapest you're never going to leave the mansion you want to get out there be with the people yes like new york who cares everyone lives in shacks in new york there you go exactly so listen i want you to feel really okay no no diss in new york i'm just talking about i also want to reassure you yeah i also want to reassure you that it's okay because uh if you're feeling crowded in your shack you can also just drop into the world of avatar oh my god i get to go home you got that yeah that's a winner. Honor. Then we're good. Then I have the whole Fire Nation yeah. to hang out in. It's great. So I can live in a shack in Budapest. Yeah. You're good. You're good. I'm you're good. good. You're good. Um, and that's actually, it's cool because you can go into the Avatar world. So one assumes you probably take on firebending there because you didn't get that, but you are multilingual. Great. Very handy for living in Budapest. Hmm. I do need to speak Hungarian. Right? Yeah. And every other language when you're in Europe, you travel all over. and I, I can get, I can do everything. Um, we all speak English in the Avatar right. world. Well, that's true. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Totally fine. Oh, you did get ESP. Ooh. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's good. ESP. We can find out how guitar really feels about me. That's right. That's right. You're going to put it to good use. I knew you would. Thank God. That, I know. Thank God. That's a good one. I, yeah. I really need to, I think. That's one. That's the one that was most provocative that made you think the most. And I think that's a good thing. I know. I didn't think if I, I know. I don't know. I could almost see you using it. Can we ever Your get that? Your temptation would be the, to use it, I think, for other people. Your temptation would be like, I hope 
that that person's heart is true because this other person I care about really cares. Right. And then you'd be like, shit, how much of this person's thoughts are real? Like you said, right. how much of it, like, can I get, can you use your ESP to almost get a sensory overall sense of someone's feelings for someone else or someone's like, if like, it's like more vague than like, I'm listening to this one crisp thought. It's just like, I can feel from this person what their real intention is in a big way. I do do ESP. You have, do you, do you have Tumblr? No. Uh, yes, but I'm never. You're not that. like the engage. Like that's like my favorite um, platform, social yeah. network, or whatever. Yeah. And they go, people are like, why? Why do you like Tumblr? And I'm like, it's because when you go on someone's Tumblr page, you have ESP, right? So the yeah. thing is, these people are just reblogging. Everyone's just reblogging stuff. Like mine's kind of condensed just because I know it's a fan page and I can't. Right. But so on someone's web page, you'll see, like. Uh, all the things they like, right? Yeah. I, one of the things I got reblogged so much that I wrote one time was like, why I like Tumblr is because you get to know someone by not what they look like, but by what they like. Yeah. So you're on That's this great. page and they're just kind of like, you know, I'm thinking it's like thousands of stuff of fandom stuff yeah. or, and like movie stars and quotes and pictures of people that things they like or yeah. porn or food. And you're like, you look at it and if you connect the dots, you're like, I oh, I know who this overall sense of this. Like, person. I know who this person. Yeah, how they're thinking. I love that too. And it's like that weird ESP thing. I'll just yeah. have a Tumblr. You got Tumblr. ESP. I have a Tumblr ESP. That's great. Well, now in this Mash Life, FYI, you have a real ESP powers also. Now you also have uh, unlimited motorcycles. That's amazing. And they're safe in this world. I can uh, just ride everywhere. Risk, but yeah. I can ride everywhere. I have everything. Yeah. yeah. I have all the toys. Um, you ha- have worked with Meryl Streep, so congratulations Very on cool. that. Very cool. Meryl Streep, is, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I know. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, your best friend is Harry Potter. Dude, me and you Harry. You have a best friend who's a wizard, dude. It's awesome. You're fine. Oh, me and Harry, You know what? We get along. Somebody's just got an idea in their head that someone's shack in Budapest might be like the tent in the Goblet of Fire. Exactly. Where you go into the shack and it's like a palace. And then it's bam. Great. Exactly. You have that option. Oh, Harry. Uh, fantastic. And you also have uh, an alternate universe romance with young Elizabeth Taylor. Now, wow, really? Number two, all of these had to happen for each other to happen. So you wouldn't have, if you didn't get the shack, you wouldn't have gotten Liz Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Dude, Liz, young Liz Taylor. It, take it all. Mm. You got it with her beautiful violet eyes. That's uh, royalty. You did it. That's in our, in our, in our world, that's, that's royalty. Yes, I agree. Oh my God. My favorite movie of all time is uh, A Place in the Sun with Elizabeth Taylor. You haven't seen it? I'm in, I'm in trouble. You should watch it. Montgomery Cliff, Elizabeth Taylor, Shelley Winters, directed by George Stevens. Okay. Um, I believe Scorsese said one time, like, don't go to film school, just watch this movie over and over again. Okay, well, that's good to know. Oh, oh I probably should have done this a long time ago. Um, Dante, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you, Varney. What a pleasure and a joy. Uh, there is one thing that I do like to try to do uh, with my Boys of Summer series. Yes. Which is that I need you to sing part of Boys, Boys of Summer. Boys of Summer. I just felt like it's coming on all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> it's coming straight at you. How? What are the words? Uh, well, there's a the verses are. Are like, you Canadian? Am I? No. Is, is he, he? Is is he Canadian? I don't know. Is Don Henley from the Eagles Canadian? No, no, no. He's I don't not. know. No, he's American. Uh, well, he's the American. chorus is like, "I can't see you." Don't make me say I can't see. And what's all the whole? I know. I know oh, what's all the I words? can see you. Let's see. One verse would be like, or one verse. I know like, that I part of it. You, your brown skin shining in the sun. Uh, you got your you got your hair done back, and your I how come I don't know? Can and your wayfarers on. I know she wears wayfarer yeah. sunglasses. He's just some, well, drop some branding. You. What is it? Your brown skin shining in the sun. Your brown hair shining in the sun. 
Wait-ism. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Bob Dylan your way through it. I, I enjoy I'm it. I'm a Bob Dylan my way uh, through. I'm a, oh, oh, and then the last part is I can tell I can tell you my love for you will still be strong oh, after yeah. the boys of summer are going. Want me to sing it with you? Yes, please. Okay. I, I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. She wants to really sing right now. <laughs> I don't have a horrible cold. Um, I, I, do you want to give people links to where they can find you while we're thinking uh, about it? Yeah, just go to um, at Dante, you know, DanteBosco.com, at DanteBosco on Twitter, and Rufio Zuko people, on Tumblr. Handy. Someone took my name on Oh, really? Tumblr. But so now, Tumblr name again. I was talking about Rufio Zuko. There you go. Rufio Zuko, guys. So check me out. It's on da- everything else is Dante Bosco. And you can get, you can have ESP. You can have uh, Tumblr ESP about Dante. Tumblr ESP about yeah. me. I should start my own little, I know, like my, my, my private page where I could just I know. ESP myself. Yeah, you could. But then there'd be all kinds of crazy stuff like, going on. Who am I again? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's who I am. Yeah, Andy. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, you're number one. We could save kittens from trees. Or lunch on skyscrapers. Bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported